this is Nick Svensson from the Montecito Santa Barbara office. And you are listening to the Real Talk Podcast. Hell yeah. Thank you, Nick. Much appreciated. Nick is interviewing me today. So I'm really excited to have a discussion with Nick, who just flew in fresh out of the airplane from Mexico, right? You went on a hunting trip? Yes, sir. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, but uh, it's good to see you again. You're, this is the third time you're on the podcast. You're the most recurring guest, actually. We do one almost once a year. But I'm not the guest today. I know. Today, the, the tables have turned. How the turns, how the tables have turned, or how the turns have tabled. Well, then I will take over. Okay, take over, my man. So first off, I'm going to hit you with one word at a time. Okay, one word at a time. Multiple words. I will say the word that comes up, the first word that comes up in my head. Uh, it could be a few words if you need it okay. for a response, but we're going to make this quick. All right. Here we go. Are Let's you ready? It. Let's get it. Zillow. Necessary evil. Cryptocurrency. Developing. Inflation. Transitory. Central bank. Regulation. Housing market. Cyclical. New York City co-ops. Complicated. Podcasting. Long form audio. TikTok. Social media. Instagram. Necessary evil. Future of Compass. Bright. Austin Real Estate. Bullish. Santa Barbara Real Estate. Extremely bullish. Aspen Real Estate. The cream of the crop. Robert Refkin. Leader. Lane Johnson. My guy. James Petrie. The future. Jonathan Rosen. Godfather. John Zimmerman. Godfather 2. Levy Meyer. Mr. Miami. I can keep going on and on and on. <laughs> You're hitting me with some good ones. This little Denny Bowers. Mr. Naples. Joe Bells. The boss. <laughs> All right. That's, okay. Let's, let's move on. That okay, good, let's though. go. There yeah, here we go. You, you kept me on my toes, my man. That, so that, now that I'm going to just give you a rough. few questions. We're going to make it short and sweet okay. and to the point. All right. All right. You can take as long as you want. Or as short answer. as I want. Exactly. Yes, sir. So let me ask you first, where were you born? I was born in Tokyo, Japan, in a uh, small city just north of it called Sano. Where did you grow up? I grew up in the suburbs of Tokyo in a neighborhood called Kichijoji. And I've been back and forth throughout my life between the United States and Japan, uh, specifically in and around the DMV region, which is, we call it the, the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. Uh, and I've been back and forth uh, between Japan and the DMV area up until I was about 10 years old. So let me ask you, do you speak? Fluently. Your native language, you do. Yes, sir, native. That's good for people to know. That's right, yes. Tell us about your beginnings aside from that, if there's anything we might have left out. Uh, well, you know, I, I, I grew up kind of being in both cultures, and as a young adult, it's, it was very difficult for me to consistently assimilate into both cultures. So, you know, was I actually a, a native Japanese individual learning Japanese, or was I an American assimilating into the American culture and and making white friends, or, you know, I mean, there's not a lot of diversity where I grew up. I grew up primarily in the neighborhood in Fairfax County that was mostly just white, Ameri just white Americans. So I think it transitioned into a relatively healthy adulthood by being able to create relationships in cross-cultural situations. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it, was, it was a good childhood, though. You did all right. Yeah. What led you 
to your entry into your career as a real estate broker? So I, in 2000, I graduated in 2006 uh, from Lehigh University in Pennsylvania, and I ended up having to go to Japan to work a couple of small meal jobs, barely could pay the bills, and I realized that I need to figure out my life. What, what do I want to do? So I flew back to New York City where my friend, I had a couple friends that worked in accounting firms, consulting firms, architecture firms, construction firms, and basically had a couch to crash for about a year. And that was in 2008 when the financial crisis happened and I realized that, you know, what better way that just like anyone says, right, the, the best time to start a business is during a downturn. So why not create a business for myself? It could have been anything, but for me, real estate appealed to me because there was not a lot of startup capital involved. It's yourself. You don't have to invest. It's not like buying a restaurant or starting up a, a small business and you have to make hires. It's basically you're hiring yourself to do a job and you're, you're responsible for mainly five things, right? Marketing, you're responsible for your own marketing, you're responsible for your own networking, you're responsible for your own accounting and finance, and you're responsible for your own scheduling, right? So those are the five core principles of, of starting a business. And what better business is there than real estate that doesn't require a ton of startup capital to maximize those five strengths? So you're basically saying it's a good time to maybe get into the business. In 2008 was a great time. I don't know if this market is completely reflective of where we are in the interest rates that we're seeing today and how that's going to lead into a quote-unquote quote housing recession. And I just saw in the Wall Street Journal today that, that the, the, maybe the biggest drops in the housing market, depending on where we are, is going to be 5 to 10%. So you know, I don't really see that happening in some of the core markets like New York City, even in Santa Barbara. I don't see that happening. L.A., Montecito. I don't see that happening in Miami, the Hamptons. I mean, they're all fairly strong markets. So, you know, will we see a 10% drop? Maybe, maybe not. This this is not a housing-led recession as opposed to in 2008. 2008 was a housing-led recession, right? I, I don't know. That, yes. Will it be a good time to start a business? I think yes, but it probably won't be the same as 2008. Love it. Love in short. It. So what do you look for in a hire? So there is the HHI factor that I like to follow. It's called... H stands, the acronym is HHI. H stands for humble. The second H stands for hungry. I stands for intelligent. You have to be humble, you have to be hungry, and you have to be intelligent. Being humble means your willingness to learn, your willingness to accept that you made a mistake, willingness to accept that you understood, you understand that you are not in the position yet to make choices that you think are right, or because out of your convenience, or because you have a really high pride, or, or just because you don't want to learn and you're stubborn. You know, we, I wanna make sure I hire somebody that is humble enough to know that they're willing to grow and accept the mistakes and then learn from it to become better for the next time. Being hungry is pretty self-explanatory. I want someone that is self-motivated and not necessarily just you know, I, I need to clock out from nine to five. I mean, I get it, nine to six. Some people need their time off. Some people need their peace and space. But I want somebody that's hungry enough to understand that they're willing to go above and beyond and, and do things during the hours that they're supposed to do, when they're supposed to do it. And this is the hardest part, Nick. You know this very well. I mean, we're, we've been in the business a very long time. You have to be able to do the things that you don't want to do when you have to do them. Again, you have to be able to do the things that you don't want to do when you don't want to do them. Those are some of the most important parameters of being a business owner. You're gonna wake up hungover, you're gonna wake up sick, you're gonna wake up tired, but when you have to do those things, you have to do them and you have to do them well. That's well played. So yes, sir. let me ask you this, we'll segue. How did you find Danielle Stout? Oh, Danielle, <laughs> she's great. She's my uh, my uh, my right arm, my second lady here. She, from my, my alma mater, Lehigh University, shout out Lehigh, and I found her through the job portal 
And uh, this was way before a lot of the tech work has been, uh, has been an issue, uh, recruiting and all of that. So I love that. So I'm going to just tell you something. The reason I, or how I know how many years I know Danielle is the first time I met her at a retreat, I Venmoed her a dollar. A dollar, yeah. For giggles. And so today I will Venmo her $7. <laughs> That's how long we've known That's each seven other. Seven years, Every huh? year time I had a dollar. Okay. In one way, I adore her, but I'm a little worried if I live to be 100 that you'll be I'm sending, sending a lot of money. some money. Yeah, it's, compound, I mean? it's compounding. That's how we got it. All yeah. right, okay. so let's just all say that Nick Svensson likes Danielle. Nick, does, Nick loves She's Danielle. She's a legend. And do you have anyone else on your team currently, and did you have to fire someone? Yeah, I fired several people in my lifetime. Unfortunately, it's not necessarily fire, but it's a, I would say a mutual let go. The problem with our business is a lot of agents come into the business thinking they can make money overnight. And... And yes, while some agents can do that, maybe one or two agents can do that out of a, a thousand, you have to have that, that mentality of, I'm in it for the long run. You know, some of the guys like Jay-Z who's in this room, you know, they've been in the business for 20, 30 years. You know, Nick, you've been in the business, you've been in the business since the horse carriages, right? You got to show the, the buyers on the horse carriages. And the show wagons the were our homes. The bro. wagons were your yeah, homes. That's, that's right. The Oregon Trail, basically, right? And, and the Oregon Trail that led to Santa Barbara. So, yes, sir. I guess uh, I don't want to hire people that have the misconception of, I'm just going to do a couple deals a year and then, you know, make a lot of money and leave. So, you know, that was one thing. And then as, as far as people on my team, I have two uh, agents that are runners. They show for me. Uh, and then I have Danielle, who essentially is GM. And then I have one data person. or She's, she's an analyst that uh, runs the back end. She does owner databases. Uh, she does charts. She does Excel. You know, a lot of the data, the Excel spreadsheet work that I share with my client, clients. And then she also runs the back end of my business, including CRM and websites and stuff like that. Okay, so every oh well, here we go. Every agent <laughs> operates their business in their own unique way. That's right. You know, I you know you know me. I get my clients from basically referral based past clients, and well, in conjunction with picking up new clients via marketing, et cetera, et cetera. But for you, you know, what what do you do uh, aside from TikTok and podcasts, CRMs? What else do you do? My formula is not necessarily everybody's formula. You know, you have your own formula, Nick. Jay Z's got his own formula. We have. I personally have ten things that I like to be really, really good at. And if you do those 10 things at 10% each, not at 8%, not at 7%, then you have 100% business. So the formula is, it's basically, it breaks down to one, social media, two, you know, postcards, we call it farming. Three, you pick up the phone, you know, you have to obviously call clients. Four, text clients, you know, whether it's your hemisphere, your friends, your friends of friends, your colleagues, talk about the business. Five is data management. Make sure that your CRM, your Excel files, your data is well put in order. Six is obviously what we're doing today, right? Podcasting, which I love. Seven, newsletters. Do it once a month. Make sure you're always on it. Don't miss out on the, on the newsletters. Eight, network. Do you have events? Do you have appreciation events? Do you have, you know, what do you do? Uh, eight is open houses. Meet people, shake hands, shake asses, kiss babies, right? That's obviously like anyone's business. And then 10 is doing things like this, right? Referrals, how do you get referrals? How do you meet with other agents and get send out referrals? I personally don't really care about re receiving referrals. I actually don't want referrals to tell you the truth. Just because I, my business is good. I appreciate them thinking about me, but I would rather send out referrals. I want my friends to make sure they know somebody in Santa Barbara or they know somebody in Dallas-Fort Worth. I mean, that's really important to me, so these events. So if you do those 10 things really well, and I hope you wrote it down, if you're listening and you're an agent and you wanna do this, you gotta do those 10 things at 100% every single one of those 10 things and you'll get you'll have a hundred percent business if you slack off and you slack off on the mailers you're not gonna have a hundred percent business you're gonna have a 95 percent business right 
love it. All it's right. A formula. Let me go into a couple more here, and then we're all done. Okay. Do you have another market that you like aside from New York? Oh my God, I have so many markets that I love. That's a great question. What's your favorite? I mean, my favorite is Aspen, obviously. You know, I love going there. Even before Compass had an office there, you know, I, I just have, having the experience of, I love snowboarding. So going to Aspen and then taking that route down to 17 and hitting, you know, Beaver Creek, Breck, uh, Vail, you know, doing all that, that, that tour of just snowboarding is, is my favorite. And then my other favorite market, obviously, is Miami, just because it's, yeah, we love Miami. you know, Miami. Yeah. I'm gonna, and shout out, shout out Montecito too. I mean, I love visiting your house. I love, you know, meeting your family. I loved hanging out in your driveway and seeing every every other car that drove by your house stop to say hello to you. I mean, you are the true mayor and the representation of who you are in your neighborhood. I really loved Santa Barbara as well. So that that gets a secondary shout out for sure. And then hopefully one day I'm lucky enough and honored to be hanging out with Jay Z in his neighborhood and uh, visiting Dallas Fort Worth one day as well. Okay, so I'm gonna end it with this. You've been in this market for years and you've been working for Compass for many years. I think you were number 12. Is that I, no, I was number two, man. Number two. No, I brought the first sales listing to Compass. I knew you were number two. <laughs> I just poked the bears. So I'm going to ask you to end it. Yes. I want you to tell me in just a few words what Compass was, what it is, and what it will be. Well, oh yeah, great question. What Compass was, it was an awesome small office, thousand square feet. It was me, Refkin, Lehman, David Snyder, less than a dozen engineers and maybe one or two product person. And then they had a couple uh, Asian ops people. It was basically coming in at eight or 9 a.m. and then me and Refkin and Lehman would be in the office till one or two in the morning. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, just kind of rubbing shoulders with them. I mean, that's the reason why I joined Compass, right? Us as an agent, you and Jay-Z, any brokerage would love to have you back, would love to have you back at Sotheby's, would love to have you back at Corcoran or Weikert. Or, it doesn't matter. We could go to any agency, but at one point do we in our career as a real estate agent get to sit down and do our own business and talk to people that worked, worked at the White House, Goldman, Twitter, uh, McKinsey, Bain. I mean, these people, they hate real estate brokers. Well, they may not hate them, but they don't like them, that's for sure. You know, what, what engineer at Google wants to deal with a broker every day? They don't. So to have that opportunity in our lifetime, in our career, to be in that crossroads with those professionals, to me was a special moment. And I said, you know, this agency that I was, I was with, it was a big agency, big brand, luxury, quote unquote, but I really wanted to spend time with them just to see where the road went. And then where we are today is it's a totally different company. IPO, public, you know, 30,000 brokers, 2,500 staff members, uh, 300 offices. You know, it was a privilege and an honor to be at Compass as, as a founding agent. And now it's a privilege and honor to be among some of the best agents in the nation, including you and guys like Jay-Z and, and guys be? like Jason Wheelock, who we, just, who we just had on. Legend. Legends, yeah. So where are we going to be? In the future, I think what's going to happen is we're not going to be the number one. We're not going to be the only platform. There's the America is way too big, right? You got Berkshire Hathaway, uh, Warren Buffett with infinite amount of money that will just straight up buy brokerages and will be in markets that Compass will probably never be in. But what's going to happen is there will be more agents, less agents in the future doing more deals per agent. A lot of the other smaller agents and agencies will likely, especially in the core markets like where we're in, will likely phase out and the agents that will join us will have the capability to run our business in, in an efficient way to a point where we are doing more deals and the other markets like, uh, you know, let's just say the nothing against Morgantown, West Virginia, but the Compass will probably never be in those markets and those markets will likely have uh, the smaller boutique shops and whatnot, but the core markets will not. 
Okay, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sign off on the Real Talk podcast. And uh, this is Talk, and now you're listening to the Real Talk podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Nick.